Hello, friends, and welcome to Season 5. Season 5. We made it. Season 5 of So You Own a BW Bus, the podcast fueled by the stories of those who have dared to drive, ride in, inhabit... Or fix. Yes, those who are stewards and fix this incredible machine we affectionately call the bus. I'm Ryan. And I'm Miracle. We met one such mechanic, steward, philosopher, guru, and all-around super interesting guy named Colin Kellogg. We met Colin at a community park off the side of the road in Central Florida as we were trekking north and he was heading south. For those of you who don't know Colin, he is the itinerant air-cooled guy. And, well, maybe we should let him explain it. Perhaps I should fill you in. I've okay. got a website, okay. itinerantaircool.com, all right? And on that website, you will see the prior 20 years that I have been traveling around the country showing people how to maintain and restore their Volkswagens. So you could call it a lifestyle. I call it a job that I really enjoy, and it requires a lot of driving, which I really enjoy, and it then necessitates that I have a business vehicle that gets me to your house, and then you look at my business vehicle to determine if I know what I'm talking about or not. So I have to make sure my cars are at the top of their game, too. And they're old Volkswagens. And I am here to tell you, that brown bus out there, it did an entire lap of the country for $12 in repairs. Everything else was just gas and oil. I just did the country, what, last week? What did that cost me? Two brake cylinders. That was $95 plus the labor to install, which was me. I love their reliability. They are great cars but we don't follow the directions too well and things get all goofy. Okay, but any number of other interviews have myriad stories about buses catching on fire and breaking down. What makes Colin and his bus and the buses he works on so darn special? We care about doing things correctly. And there are rules and instructions and specifications and if you follow them, and I'm speaking to you as an individual owner of a Volkswagen bus, if you follow them, what you get is a remarkably dependable car. It's that simple. And yet every day I go online and I discover people have veered from the recipe and then wonder why things fall apart. Thank you. Oh, wow. That was the shortest interview we've ever conducted. Uh... <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. This has been... No, no. Good, sir. I don't think so. There's more. There's actually a lot more. Okay. Number one, I believe everybody I have met in the VW community has a mother that loves them very much. Okay? So, that said, there are some people who I think have come from places I'm not aware of or familiar with and Volkswagens become an extension of their masculinity problem, their ego something of that nature and they devastate the original engineering and they come up with this mangled gargoyle of a Volkswagen sometimes they'll ram it down a drag strip only to do it again right? ruin original German parts other people merely have bad taste. 
And then there's a group of people who, who do appreciate the engineering and do remember that for some reason we were granted access to this great quality and we didn't even have to pay much for them. Do you know how much a bug costs in 1968? 1968, probably somewhere around $600. $1,699. $1,699, okay. And at the time it was considered an economy car, so people treated them with all due disrespect. But they were a great car, and they the the the, price, the bus was twenty three hundred for my for my uh, beige bus out there. So these were economical cars, beautifully crafted, and there are people who still appreciate that. And there's a special group of people who don't know that history, but they fell in love with it unknowingly. I've met some customers who've been camping with their families. In their VW campers, they have bonded strongly with the car and they don't quite know why. And if we were to parse it out a little bit, the thing that would come back is what a loyal car this has been. It has taken us all over the Pacific Northwest, you know, and brought us home. And we camped in it and it was just total fun. So they they don't know the historical underpinnings but they have appreciated what the car did for them here in 2021, 2020, 2019. So those people I do feel fondly towards. I have a hard time at the drag strip. I I can appreciate good modifications by people who are, you know, they're smart enough to figure it out. But I've seen some pretty rough stuff. So you might ask me, should I put a Subaru engine in my bus when I blow this damn thing up? And the answer would be, if you do a good job, I ain't stopping you. But are you going to do a good job? And and that's the question. I have driven some Vanigans. You're familiar with mm-hmm. them. Some of them already have the radiator and the plumbing for their water-cooled engines. I have driven some, and this is for the record, excellent Subaru-powered Vanigans beautifully engineered, put together, and they drive like stink. And everything is integrated. And it's like, this is excellent. Good for you. See? I'm not a purist idiot. I have a problem with lousy quality. You know what? I respect that. After having my engine give out three times on this trip, I do too. But the mystery remains. How did Colin start doing this? Oh, do we have to go into the legal definitions of ownership? Um, no. Okay. When I was in high school, <laughs> I was at a prep school. I was not supposed to yet have a car, but I bought one for cash under the table. Did not have a license, and I drove that for my entire senior year illegally and loved it. It was a 68 Volkswagen Squareback, red with some problems. I sold it at the end of the school year for cash. Made a buck. Can't beat that. That was my first car. My parents did not know about it until I told them in a story 10 years later. My mom was somewhat disappointed. (laughs) My first legal car was my blue and white BW bus. And I bought that from the local dealership. And they just rebuilt the engine. It was owned by a professor down in New Jersey. He blew a connecting rod, said, I can't stand this car anymore. The dealer rebuilt the engine. I bought it for 2000 bucks. 
I owned it for 30 years and I put 588,238 miles on it. And then it got killed in a head-on crash in Colorado, August 16th, 2009. She had no idea what she had just done. She was passing a Volvo on an uphill two-lane road and met me right at the crest. Nobody had time to react. I don't know what she was doing in my lane. And that finished my 30-year association with this car. But it was running really well at the time. So that was that one. So you kept that bus for 30 years? 30 years. But at what point in that 30 years did you decide, I need to be self-sufficient, I need to work on the buses, I can tell other people how to do this? Well, in the realm of self-sufficiency, I wasn't going to let anybody touch my car ever, just as a matter of course. So nobody ever touched my car except me, okay, from the beginning. But it was just my car. It was just my car. And so I lived my life, and my car helped me go to work and come home. I didn't decide to do Volkswagens until I got tired of my chosen career up in Rochester, where I thought, there's a spirit pulling me out onto the road, and no human and no circumstance can stop me. That was just a spirit pull. Are you generally a spiritual person? Well, don't use that word. Spirit pull is different than spiritual person. I could be an atheist who had this spirit pull, or I could be a religious nitwit who had this pull. I'm a religious nitwit. I had the pull to get out, get on the road, all right? And I knew the only thing that I could do would be to help people with their Volkswagens. So my very first job as an itinerant air-cooled person was to drive from Rochester, New York to Los Angeles, California, because some guy on the Samba said, my engine's all over the living room. I don't know how to get it back together. And I said, I'll come out and help you. And that's exactly what I did. And at the end of that job, he said, you should do this for a living. And I had an idiot light bulb moment like, yeah, I should. So I did. And what year was that? 2002. I loved everyone I was with, and I loved my life. And I was a big shot in a little town, right? So everything felt fine. So why would you be pulled away from that? And the answer is, I don't know, I just did it. <laughs> and so I went off and did the itinerary. And it took five years for me to stop accusing myself of being an arrested adolescent who just wants to go out and have fun with Volkswagens because he's such an idiot, immature child that he can't stick at a real grown-up job with profit sharing. It took me five years. And then in the sixth year, one day, I realized this boat hasn't sunk yet. What more am I asking of myself? This has been beautiful. I have met people. I'm doing what I love. And the boat is still floating. I'm paying my bills here. At which point I said, well, let's have fun. Let's double our price next year. See how many people you lose. 
And the answer was zero. So now I can pay my bills, do what I love, and not be in a state of perpetual anxiety. That was a half a decade. Make a note of that. You will be successful in 2027. Baby, we got to interview Colin Kellogg. I think we are already pretty successful. True. Now, if you visited the Itinerant Air Cooled website or follow on Facebook, you know Colin produces illustrated technical service bulletins, which are genuine works of art. I've done only 80 over the past summer, 80 technical service bulletins. They are their own thing. But I've been drawing for my entire life. I've been working on a book since 2005, and I draw for my customers every visit at the kitchen table at 9 a.m. with a cup of coffee. We draw what we're going to be doing, and I show you why you're doing what you're doing. It's an excellent way to learn. So you have your own custom scribble, and then it turns into the bill. At the end of the day, I hand draw the bill while I quiz you on what we did today. And I'll just be sitting there going, what was the valve adjustment? Okay. And what did we set the timing to? Okay. Any anomalies? And then I'd write down if they remember the anomalies. And if they didn't, I'd say, yeah, well, you know, exhaust valve number four was unusually loose. Remember that? And he's like, oh, yeah. That's an illustrated event as well. It must be really intimidating to be one of your customers. It is. They'll tell you. I've got reviews where it's like my brain was mush at the end of the day. And and then they say, uh, but Colin did say that when you sleep, you assimilate information and you actually wake up with a little more clarity. And that's a true thing. A lot of people are completely overwhelmed by the end of the day. You get a good night's sleep and things get incorporated. Because I'm not asking you to remember a static list of crap like specifications. Instead, you have an organic understanding of what you did and why. Before we parted ways, we asked Colin if he had any advice for a couple of fellow bus travelers. And he gave us some of the realist wisdom we've heard today. So what I recommend for people who are currently not plugged in at a job, which is you guys, is you bring your baggage with you. Who you are comes with you. You can't escape who you are. That's a tough lesson for some people. They think the open road is going to let them breathe, but don't worry. All your baggage is coming with you. So the advantage is to process the baggage in a beautiful environment where there's not a leaf blower right over the fence and there isn't some loud-ass fucking pickup truck going down the road and the boss isn't demanding that you get to work at 7 in the morning. There are advantages to working your shit out, out in the beautiful, beautiful country. And if you're under the firmament with all the stars, it's like whatever our problems are, they really are small. That is a fact. It's just a fact, right? And then it's like, well, yeah, but I'm still mad. You know, you won't X, Y, Z, and you just get flooded by this universe. And that's good. So I recommend that that people do that. Get out of your space to go sort of figure things out. 
I'm going to need to take a nap to assimilate that one. In our bus under the firmament, though. Thank you, Colin, for taking the time out of your schedule to be interviewed for our podcast. You can follow Colin on Facebook or at his website, Itinerant Aircold. And now we have to thank our sponsors. We have sponsors. That's right. Man, this season is going to be great. Special thanks to the Jan Machowski Foundation in Switzerland and our newest sponsor, Go Westy. You can check out their products at GoWesty.com. You can find links to them on our website, OnTheRoadWithAddy.com. Until next time.